Hey everybody, it's January 23rd, 2019, and welcome back to the Shutter Button Podcast. I'm your host, James R. Zygmunt, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about building a portfolio, some of the creative and technical sides of it. Uh, I'm going to be going over some of the differences, some of the pros and cons between having a digital versus a physical portfolio, as well as some, you know, unconventional ways that you might be able to share your work. Uh, you know, some unique things that I've heard along the way, and, you know, maybe you didn't think of them before. Um, I'm also going to be talking about a few websites that I've used in the past, uh, for sharing my own work. And, uh, as just a small disclaimer, I just want you to know, like always, uh, I don't have any kind of affiliation with these websites other than just my experience with them. Uh, so without further ado, let's talk about some of the fun frustration of, uh, building a portfolio. So to uh, kick things off, let's kind of talk about some of the whys of why you really want a portfolio. Um, there's a number of reasons as a, you know, as an artist, as a photographer, it's really important for you to be able to put your work in a, in a medium that you can share easily and with people that might want to hire you to, to do other work for them. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's something that all artists do uh, when they're advertising themselves. It's a way that you can express yourselves in a very professional setting. Uh, and it's a way that you can really share your work in a way that kind of uh, gives whoever you're sharing it with uh, a strong idea of what they can expect if they are to hire you. Also, it's pretty important to remember that when you're showcasing your work and you're sharing it with uh, potential clients, that you strike a balance between the professional side of things and the the art side of things. Not all clients are going to want to see all of your um, artistic work, um, and not all clients are going to want to see strictly professional work. They're going to want to see a mix of both. They kind of want to see, well, what are you passionate about? What are you experienced in? What can you do? What is your what is your range as an artist? As a photographer, um, and finding a you know a strong balance takes a little bit of time, takes a little bit of work, and sometimes you might find yourself actually changing the content that you include with your portfolio. You know, you might change up the subject matter, you might change the style and the tone, uh, whatever it is. Sometimes it's a good idea to actually change the the contents of your portfolio before you send it out to the client. Um, it's usually something that you do after you research the client and you kind of get a better foothold on what they need and what they want. Uh, but after you learn some of that and you get a better relationship with them, you can kind of customize the portfolio and say, okay, this is the kind of work that they might be expecting. This is the kind of work that I want to showcase to them. I want to show that I can do this, 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 and this. I have the variety to do all of these things that I know that they might want. Now, uh, actually, the one of the very first things you're going to want to do uh, before you start putting pictures together in an online gallery or in a physical format uh, is, uh, you know, you got to make a decision about what you want to use your portfolio for. Um, do you want to use it to showcase your latest work uh, just to friends and fans? Um, maybe you really are looking to pitch yourself to a project or to a company or to, to a gallery. Um, uh, or maybe you just want a place to have, uh, you know, to keep track of the photos that you like personally from your own catalog. Um, more than likely, you're probably listening to this and looking to build a professional portfolio that you can use to sell yourself as a photographer. Um, you know, if that's the case, you have to be kind of mindful about what photos you're going to include. I already mentioned this a little bit, but you really want to, you know, include photos, uh, that are going to be both appealing to the client and to yourself. You don't want to completely dedicate everything to the client. Just give them everything that's, you know, that they, they may be looking for in a professional sense, but you also want to include some of the things, uh, you know, some of the photographs that you personally enjoy. It gives them a sense of, okay, this is the type of artist that they are. This is, they have, a, they have a wider range than what they're just presenting in the, prof in the professional sense. And one of the main reasons for doing this uh, is, is really uh, when you're looking at a professional's gallery of work, 
you're really seeing a lot of the influence from the client side of things. You're looking at what the client wants. You're not necessarily getting the all of the photographer's vision in that piece of work, which uh, you know it, it's not a fair representation of the work that you like to do. And it's not a fair representation of the exact style of work that you like to do. Because when a client uh, hires a photographer, often they will be the ones uh, choosing the subject matter and the tone and the location and the, the feel of the image and the, uh, you know, the usage of the image. They're, they're the ones that really have a majority of the control because they're the client. They're the ones that, that are paying the, the photographer to do the work in the first place. However, when you're looking at a professional's hobbyist work or project work that they do on the side, um, you really get a stronger sense of what the artist is like in their own work, when they're in their element, when they're shooting things that they personally enjoy, when they're shooting subject matter that they love to shoot, you're really getting a better grasp on what they, as, a, as an artist, like to do and how they really operate and perform uh, at the artistic level. So I would recommend just taking some time to sit down and really you know, considering and thinking on what do I want to use this portfolio for? Do I want to use it for my own personal work that I can just show to myself that I can look up uh, in the future so I can look back on this, you know, some project ideas or I can look back on previous projects? Do I want to make something that I can share with friends and family so that they can see some of the work that I'm doing on the side um, so that they can see the kind of art that I'm, that I'm creating? Or do I want to create a portfolio that I'm going to use to try and sell myself? I'm going to use it to market myself and advertise my work to potential clients. Um, I, after you've you know sat down and you've narrowed it down, um, it, it's going to make it a lot easier uh, when it comes to when it comes time to choose the photos that you're going to include in your portfolio in your gallery. Um, and I guess in this situation, we kind of are using the words portfolio and gallery interchangeably. You know, in the professional sense, we're referring to it as a portfolio, and in a personal sense and in a, you know hobby sense, we're going to be using the word gallery. So after you've kind of narrowed down what your purpose is, it's time to actually start picking up photographs. Um, I think a good enough number to start with is picking 30 photographs that you think represent your work um, and represent how you operate as a photographer. I think 30 is a good enough number because it's not so many photographs that it's overwhelming and it's also not too few uh, where it becomes a struggle just to narrow it down. I think having 30 kind of, uh, it gives you a strong amount that represents your work and it should you know within 30 photographs you should be able to get a a good range a good variety of what you've done in the past and what you think you're really capable of doing it's also a strong enough amount that um you know after you've uh you've added in all the photos that you'd like and you've started going over and making passes of which ones you want to adjust or remove or add in um, that you'll be able to make those adjustments and you won't have to feel like you're taking away critical photographs um, you, you should have enough room to play around with adding in, you know, more of a certain subject matter or of a certain style, and you shouldn't feel super constricted uh, when it comes to adding or making changes, because uh, you know, getting locked up and you're making those kind of changes can really, you know, just, you know, it can discourage you. It can really slow down the process of building the portfolio, and it's really supposed to be a fun exercise. It's supposed to be a really fun exercise in putting together a selection of your work that you think. Uh, professionally will be impressive and also um, you know in, be inspiring uh, artistically um, not only to yourself but to the client too and on that same note uh, one thing that I do think is a massive help 
uh, and I think it's definitely underrated, especially with newer photographers, is asking for help from seasoned photographers, professional photographers. Uh, but ha- asking a friend or a colleague, I would recommend staying away from family members because you know they're usually fairly nice. <laughs> they're usually um, uh, overly nice, and uh, that can be to your detriment if they're if they're giving you too many compliments and they don't want you to change anything. Um, but having a friend or a colleague who is serious about photography um, has worked with clients in the past. You know, asking them to just you know, hey, you know, just say. Hey, would you be able to look over my portfolio? I'm putting this together. I'm not sure what you know professionally clients might like. If you'd be able to give me some pointers or, or tell me anything that you think I could add or or remove, um, that would be helpful. And you know, just being honest and asking honestly and earnestly for advice and critique um, usually yields very good results. Um, it's you know, asking for help can definitely it can definitely be very hard. But it is one of the most underrated tools that a lot of um, newer photographers uh, kind of, you know, get a little too relaxed about. And also, you know, after you've asked for some advice, um, uh, you know, they should hopefully be very fair and earnest with you as well. They should, um, you know, uh, hopefully it's a good conversation. And in that conversation with them, um, you you know, you should also be able to pick up on a few things like hopefully they can tell you. Well, hey, this is what I, you know, this is what I've worked with clients in the past on um, regarding this type of subject matter. They've kind of preferred to shoot this way, but I've seen a lot of clients that like to shoot this way too. So I think maybe including this kind of photograph would help. Um, And also you want to remember uh, not to take a lot of the critique too personally, not too seriously. Um, If you're asking for earnest help and earnest critique, um, try to take it, uh, try to take it seriously and very try to take it um, uh, as positively as you can, as constructive criticism, because usually no one is intentionally trying to be mean whenever they're critiquing foot, uh, photographs or a portfolio. Um, but sometimes it can come off that way. So, you know, just sitting down with someone having that conversation should open up, uh, you know, open up the conversation a bit more in regards to, well, okay, this is, this is the portfolio I have. I want to be serious about it. Um, what, what improvements can I make? What kind of adjustments can I make? Uh, and then what else can I learn from this experience? I think it's it's completely invaluable. It's it's incredibly um, priceless. Also, as just a quick side note, it's usually a good idea to try and um, you know with with all all forms of art and all kinds of creative uh, work, it's uh, sometimes a very very good idea to also have another set of eyes looking at the work that you're looking at because sometimes we can get very emotionally attached to the work that we do. We can get very um, overtly confident in some of the work that we do. Um, however, when we pitch some of that work, sometimes we're not getting the responses that we're expecting. And if it happens, you know, very frequently, or it's, it's, you know, not, you're not getting the responses that you want when you're pitching to clients, uh, it's usually a good idea to have a second opinion, just, uh, you know, talk with someone else, say, Hey, this is what I'm pitching to people. It's not really getting the responses that I'm looking for. Um, what adjustments or what issues do, do you might see? Um, Because sometimes, you know, when we work with the same uh, set of work for a very long period of time, um, I know I'm very guilty of this in all kinds of work, creative and technical, um, that we can kind of gloss over some of our mistakes. We kind of forgive ourselves a little too easily um, when it comes to uh, some of the professional work that we do. Um, So I do think having a second pair of eyes come in and say, oh, oh, this is kind of one of the issues that I see, or, you know, it, it can help point out some of the obvious stuff that you might be missing. And uh, it's, it's definitely a very useful uh, experience. Next up, when it comes to content selection, um, I, I mentioned this very briefly before, but I kind of want to expand on it now. 
Um, when you're talking to clients and you're pitching, uh, before you pitch, it's usually a very good idea to you know do some research on the client and the position that they're hiring for and say to yourself, okay, so what are they expecting? What are they looking for? What kind of photographs do they like? What have they used in the past? Um, usually, if you go back into a client's history, you can see, um, you know, and I'm talking about corporations and businesses or editorial publications, things like that. I'm not specifically saying, um, you know, personal uh, individuals. But if you're, for example, looking to pitch to a magazine and you're like, okay, I have all these photographs. I want to pitch to this magazine. Uh, it's a skater magazine. And uh, you now, okay, so you've already got some of the information that you need to really just get down to it. Look at some of their past issues. Look at their past articles. Look at the photographs that they've used in those articles. Um, look up the photographers that they've used uh, to uh, to get some of those photographs. And you can use that information to do the research on what does the client want, what do they look for, what have they used in the past. And then you can kind of craft your portfolio uh, before you pitch it and really tailor it to that client specifically. It definitely helps a lot and it really shows that, uh, at least to them, that you really care and you've put in the effort and you are uh, you are a potential photographer who will put in the effort and you care about the, the, the company or the publication or um, whichever issue uh, that you are, you know, you're looking to pitch for. So once you've actually picked out the photos that you want to use in your portfolio, it's time to kind of consider how do you want to share them with potential clients? How do you want to get them out there? Um, thankfully, in, uh, you know, in this modern day, we have uh, a wide, wide variety of different ways that you can share a portfolio using both digital and physical mediums. Um, some are much easier to do, um, but they are kind of generic or maybe a little more bland. Um, but, you know, some others take a little more effort to produce. Um, but can definitely stand out among the crowd. Um, you know, a good example of a quick and easy way of sharing your portfolio is through a professional or personal website. Um, there's a lot of uh, per popular website services currently, um, like Squarespace and Wix, um, that have automated tools, and you can uh, you can easily easily, uh, if, as long as you're a little tech savvy, uh, you don't have to be too tech savvy, just a little bit. Um, you can put together an online gallery or an online portfolio with a blog and a personal website and an about page really quickly. Um, and, you know, these types of services and these types of websites are usually fairly cheap. Um, they range in pricing, but for the most part, they all kind of do the same thing just differently. Um, I definitely uh, think it's a great way, first of all, of building a personal website. Um, but second of all, of having a, a, a your portfolio in an easy to reach place that potential clients, you can just direct them to. You can say, well, this is my website, check out my portfolio. Uh, check out all the work. You can section things off by topic or genre. Um, it's really, uh, it's definitely a very, very useful tool. And I think having a personal website is almost a necessity nowadays, um, especially if you're looking to cold pitch to clients or if you're looking to, uh, you know, network yourself. Taking a step in another direction, uh, aside from having a personal website, there are also services that let you just have an online gallery of your work. Um, there are websites like Flickr and 500px.com. Um, they let you host and publicly share your photos, um, but they act more like online galleries and not necessarily portfolios. It's a good way of putting a lot of work up online. It's also a good way of backing up a lot of your work and kind of just sharing it around. Um, some of them act a little more like social networks than online galleries, but that's a different story. Compared to having a personal website, they're definitely more restricted in how you can kind of design your portfolio and how you can you know section things off. Um, that's why I personally do prefer having a personal website because I can go in, I can modify, and I can tweak things as much as I like, and I can just, uh, whatever kind of look or feel I'm going for on my website, I can get it. 
Uh, however, compared to one of the online galleries like Flickr, there's not really that much control. You can upload your photos and you can put them in folders and groups, um, but there's not as much uh, design choice that you get as, a, as an artist. Now, as an alternative to both of these choices, uh, you know, sometimes you might find that having a photograph in your hands physically uh, makes a bigger impact than sharing your work online through, uh, uh, you know, uh, one of those online galleries or through your personal website. Um, some examples uh, that I personally have found that look very, very nice. Um, however, they do, you know, they take a little bit of time, a little more effort, a little more money. Um, but they do look very nice and they're usually very, very unique compared to a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the, the regular run-of-the-mill online galleries. Uh, some of these, you know, include printing postcard sets, uh, making a photo book, doing photo editorials, like, you know, doing your own spec work. Um, it, there's a lot of good, unique ways to kind of personally represent your work in a medium that's very physical it's very tangible. It's a solid representation of a potential product compared to having just an online photo on a screen, which isn't as tangible. It's not as, you know, in the moment, it's not as there. And also it adds a personal touch that you don't really get if you're just sending somebody a link to your website. It's a, you know, if you, if you just redirect to somebody to your website, it's a little impersonal. It's a little, uh, it's a little cold. It's a little, um, you know, less intimate between you and the client. Um, I do think, you know, giving them a physical piece of uh, art or a physical piece of work that you can uh, that you can share is a great way of really kind of like sticking your work in the back of their head. Like, okay, whenever they're thinking of a client or whenever they're thinking of a photographer, rather, um, they will have you as one of the first and foremost, especially when they're, you know, thinking back on, well, okay, what examples of work am I thinking of? What what photographers do I know? And them thinking back on the physical work that you present to them uh, can definitely be, uh, you know, can definitely be a major advantage when it comes to uh, getting selected. Now, personally, for the majority of my, uh, you know, online presence, I use uh, Squarespace uh, to host my online portfolio as well as uh, to have my about page, my blog, um, most of the links to all of my projects, things like that. Uh, you know, it's, it's a great way of pitching to a more general audience and also just having an online presence. Uh, however, when I'm pitching to clients, I use a mix of physical and digital media, depending on who I'm actually pitching to. Um, but I will almost always tailor my photo choices, uh, to match that client's particular wants and needs. It's always a good idea. And it's a, you know, it's a good way to let them know, uh, you know, that I've done the research and I've put in the effort to make my pitch heard. It's a, it's a, you know, it's just a good idea to let your client know that you care. Um, and you know, as you work and you practice and you pitch your photography, uh, there's another piece of advice that I'd like to recommend to you. Um, as you're getting into the habit of preparing and pitching your own work, I would highly, highly recommend that you also practice other types of photography, even if it's not your specialty, even if it's not your main genre. Um, I think, uh, you know, think of the following scenario. An advertising company is going to be shooting some photo of an upcoming line of brand new cars in the mountains of Colorado, right? Uh, now, you, as a photographer, specialize in product and automobile photography exclusively. However, the client also wants to capture the beauty and the majesty of the environment around the cars during the shoot. They really want to get, capture the majesty of the mountains. Um, in this example, you might actually be passed over, uh, even though you've taken some impeccable product shots and you've taken some in, uh, impeccable interior shots of the cars. Um, they might pass you over in preference of somebody who's an expert in both product car and landscape photography. Um, it definitely serves you to have at least some practice 
um, with other types of photography, other subject matters, other types and feels uh, that you can share and you can pitch uh, to different clients. Um, you know, clients love flexibility. They love um, they love variety as well, but they definitely love to have, uh, you know, it saves them money uh, and it saves them time, which is, you know, two things that they certainly love, especially when, you know, putting together any kind of project. So, you know, I encourage you to start putting a portfolio together uh, pretty much right away, even if you don't think you have the right photos to put in, uh, or, you know, to, to put it all together. Um, but as you practice and as you learn, uh, you're going to be, you know, gathering more and more experience. You're going to be getting more photos that you can play around with in your catalog. Uh, and, you know, it's just going to do a huge, huge service to just play around with different styles and types of photography. You know, it, it'll help you develop your own personal style. It'll help you develop your own taste. It'll help you, uh, you know, work on flexibility, especially when you're pitching to future clients. And, you know, uh, don't be too worried about your first portfolio, okay? Like every first draft has its problems. Everything gets adjusted over time. Everything is always in a, you know, a state of being worked on. So don't worry if you don't feel like you got it right the first time. But, um, you know, just keep on trying. Keep on playing around with it. Ask for help from other photographers. Get advice from other people. Try to avoid family advice once again because, you know, families are always overly nice and they're always overly positive, which, you know, might mask some of the problems you want to fix. But always, you know, ask for help everyone's always for the most part willing to you know especially if you're friends with a photographer just reach out to them and say hey can you take a look at this um but yeah over time you're going to see your style and your portfolio change together as you shape your image as a photographer and that's you know it, you're going to see it happen it'll be gradual but if you look back on your work every x number of months you'll see yourself change anyway uh that concludes today's episode i hope all you listeners out there were able to learn something uh, you know useful and helpful that you hadn't before uh, and if you're interested in hearing uh, more episodes in the future, you can check out my website, hiddencityphotos.com. Uh, once again, my name is James R. Zygmunt, and this has been the Shutter Button Podcast. I will see you guys in a couple of weeks uh, later. Thank you for listening.